Hi, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Lighthearted. My name is Anna. And my name is Bracey, and we're two average gals chatting about what it means to grow. How are you growing this week? I am growing in a couple of ways this week. One is in the space of self-compassion, which is what our topic is today. I took my first sick day for the whole year so far, and I I think I finally was listening to my body. Like I definitely probably should have taken a sick day on Monday. Okay. Uh, yeah. Listening to your body like 48 hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the, the, the backstory is that I had a migraine on Sunday and then Monday I still woke up and had a headache, but because I had a meeting with a parent, I, well, meeting with parent and I also had some classroom lessons that I wouldn't be able to get covered. And I just feel so horrible canceling anything last minute on people. Like I, I take it very personally and as a, as more of a personal failure (laughs) than I should, than just being like, I'm a human that I don't feel good today. So I'm not going to come in and everything will be fine. I don't tend to think about it like that. Um, (laughs) Of course not. Yeah. And so I didn't, I had, I still had a headache Monday when I woke up and I was like, well, I'll just go in and like, maybe if I feel, start to feel worse, then maybe I'll leave early or something like that. And in fact, I did feel worse later in the day. I almost thought I was going to throw up at like 1.30, but then I'm like, well, there's only a couple more hours left in the day, so I should just stay. But then when I woke up Tuesday morning and my head was still hurting, I was like, okay, I'm going to take a sick day. I also did not have parent meetings, so that definitely contributed to my decision. But mm-hmm. It was easier for you to take a sick day, sick day on Tuesday. Yes, absolutely. And so – it was really nice though. Like I just rested and did Which some is what self-care. You needed. <laughs> yeah, it's what my body was screaming at me, <laughs> saying, "Hello, you need to stop doing everything you're doing and just rest for a bit." Yeah. So, what did your rest entail? Because the second part of the story was my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> um, the rest entailed me, you know, just sleeping longer, but then also going and getting a facial. <laughs> And when my facialist was like massaging like my neck at the beginning, (laughs) she goes, wow, the left side of your neck is so tight. Have you been having any headaches recently? (laughs) Oh, man. I have, in fact, currently right now in the last 48 hours. Mm Mm-hmm. But it also yeah, it's just for two days. No, no big deal. No big deal. But it also always impresses me when they can tell. Even though I'm like, yeah, like the left side of my neck is what hurts. Like I can, that's like where the headache is extending into. But I always mm-hmm. think it's impressive when people can like massage and whatever. And they're like, oh, I can feel that your body is tense here. I just think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Also, everybody but you knows that you need to be <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah, this is really tight. You should do something about that. (laughs) You should like, I don't know, maybe take it easy or Mm -hmm. lay in the dark. And so that's one way I'm growing. The other way I'm growing is so on Tuesday night, I had my group supervision for my licensure. And I was talking about an incident that happened at school and getting some like case management on it. And a couple of the gals in my group were like, have you ever heard of the podcast maintenance phase? I was like, no, I haven't, but I love listening to podcasts. So send it to me. And I've listened to the first episode so far. They started in 2020 
Um, but I wanted to go back to the beginning and listen. But their info about it on Spotify says debunking the junk science behind health fads, wellness scams, and nonsensical nutrition advice. Oh. And the first episode was really good. It was the first episode is called What's Our Deal? And so it's just like the two hosts talking about like kind of like why they were interested in this topic and mm-hmm. how they're going to do it. But the second episode is the president's physical fitness test. Mm-hmm. And did you do that at school when you were in elementary yeah. school? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm really excited to listen to the second episode. But the one of the girls that was talking about this podcast, she was like, I almost feel like I'm going to cry just suggesting it to you because it's helped me so much with loving my body more and being more um, just aware of all of the factors that go into the messaging around our weight and body image and all of that stuff in America. So I'm excited yeah. to listen to it. That sounds great. I saw a reel the other day that was like, it was like a guy going to make himself something to eat and he was, mm-hmm. and then it would be like a bubble popping up of like this one person showing that you're not supposed to eat this certain thing. And then so you yeah. throw it out and like try again, mm. like bananas are toxic and like you can only eat protein and bread is terrible for you and like all of those all of the things and so he was at the end he was like well I guess I don't have anything to eat because like everything is bad for you and I I feel like that is the internet it's like you can find somebody saying that anything is bad for you Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah so and then it's like and then you're left with like okay well what is healthy then Right. Well, and they talk a lot about in the first episode that weight and health are not the same thing, but oh, definitely not. our society acts like they are, that mm-hmm. that all fat people are unhealthy and all skinny people are healthy and like just all the messaging behind that and how that's just so untrue. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I'm really liking it so far. I'll keep you posted. I need to talk Wait. to Julia and see if she has heard of it or listened to oh, it. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. But it sounds great. Yeah. Okay. How have you been growing? I feel like I'm just in a sweet spot of doing stuff and also resting. I love that. And I'm still on my journaling kick. I'm going to keep saying it. And yeah, maybe, I don't know, maybe forever. <laughs> I hope you I do. do it. Because every time you say it, I feel more inspired. I'm like, oh, I'm going to start journaling. I know it would be so good for me. But the funny thing is I never went into it being like, oh, I'm going to journal for a month or like yeah, however long. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I was never like, I'm just going to do this forever. N- no. Yeah. Which I think is why I'm so proud of myself because <laughs> I just picked yeah. it up one day and then never put it back down, which is yeah. awesome. But because I've switched my mindset to being like, oh, I journal every day, I feel like I'm thinking about other habits I can like add on mm-hmm. to that. So currently I've exercised like four days in a row. Oh my gosh, look at you. So because now I'm like, okay, well, when I'm thinking about my to-do list, I'm like, okay, well, what are the things I do every day that I haven't done yet? Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I just feel, yeah, I just feel like I'm in a good place of like growth but also paced growth maybe because yeah. it's December and I'm I'm really trying not to overdo it. Yeah. Like actively trying not to overdo well, it. Well, and that's probably the more sustainable way to go about growth in general. Yeah, for to sure. Take, take it slow versus trying to add in eight new habits all at the same yeah. time. Yeah, or like I don't I'm really bad about like picking three different house projects that I'm like we have to have them done by Christmas. Mm-hmm. We're not doing that this year. So, I love that. Mm-hmm. That also makes me think about – I can't remember who Taylor said he like 
saw say this, but it's with some guy that he has three non-negotiables that he does every day. And it's like, you know, I always take a shower and I always make Mm -hmm. my bed and I always do like one other thing. I don't remember what it was, but Taylor was thinking about, he was like, oh, should we give each other three non-negotiables and do like an an FGO or something like in January? Mm Mm-hmm. And he was like, don't do too much in January, though. That's true. Don't do too much in January. (laughs) We get crazy. I know y'all do the (laughs) the resolutions, too, which, I mean, that's nice that y'all are, like, excited about that. Yeah. I feel like January is such a big month for people to overdo it. That's true. Yeah. So maybe if we're going to do it. Everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe if we're going to do the three non-negotiables, that's, like, all we're going to do. Yeah. Or, like, you decide on some soft goals and, like, just don't go too hard on them. Yeah. Well. Speaking of soft goals, can you tell us about our topic today and what made you interested in this one? Um, What made me interested in this is that I was rereading – actually, maybe it was my first time reading it. I can't remember. Um, I did – I listened to the podcast series over again with Brene Brown, our favorite, Mm -hmm. and her sisters on the gifts of imperfection. Mm-hmm. And in the Gifts of Imperfection, there's 10 guideposts to wholehearted living. And you can take the quiz to like kind of see where you are with those 10 guideposts. Mm-hmm. But the second one is, it's like a scale of perfectionism to self-compassion, meaning okay. that like self-compassion is the opposite of mm. perfectionism. Okay. And surprisingly, that was the one that I scored the lowest on. I don't often think of myself as a perfectionist. So I was surprised. Yeah. So then I, you know, I'm like, okay, well, we need to look into what self-compassion means. And so I fell down the rabbit hole. There is a, it's selfcompassion.org has a, also a quiz that we will do on the call. I haven't done it yet, so I don't know where I am, Mm -hmm. but I just did a little bit of thinking about like what my perfectionism looks like and where I'm not being very self-compassionate. Yeah. And that was interesting and I thought it would make a good podcast episode. So here we are. So here we are doing it. (laughs) What are your first thoughts about that self-compassion versus perfectionism? I think that makes a lot of sense because when I was thinking about self-compassion and like, I mean, I don't think that I'm as (laughs) strong in this by any means, but I was thinking about how it's like I'm very quick to judge myself when I make a mistake or something goes not quite right. And it's interesting because I like that's like a part of life, right? Like we all like make mistakes and things go wrong and all of that. But it's like when you have this large reaction to something not going right or yourself making a mistake, it's like you're, it's like my brain is like, oh, well, my default should be perfection. Like I shouldn't Mm -hmm. ever make a mistake. I shouldn't ever have something go wrong because I should be able to see all all sides of it and prevent things from going wrong or whatever as if that's the default. And that's not true at all. Like the default is that we all are making mistakes and things are going wrong for all of us. So mm-hmm. I think that that absolutely makes sense that the opposite of perfection is self-compassion because that's where you have to live. But it's – I don't know. That's really interesting. It's fascinating to me that we are somehow wired to assume that we are doing something wrong or bad or not enough. Mm-hmm. And I I think that the narrative like encourages that because even 
you know, thinking about the New Year's resolutions and and all those types of things, it's like mm-hmm. we're building these habits. And a lot of times it feels like we're doing it because we feel like there's some deficiency that we have. Like we need right. to fix this to make it better, like right. optimize it because it's not good enough. And yeah, so I, that's where, where my brain went. I'm like, okay, what is it and why is it that we are just assuming or like living in this state where we have to be better, do more, Mm -hmm. be perfect. And the thing about me is like, I'm never thinking about being perfect, but I am almost a lot of the time thinking about like, well, this should be better than it is. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I want it to be better. Like, you know, and that's actually, you know, the growth thing where it can be unhealthy. Mm hmm. Yeah, you saying all that stuff, it made me start thinking about when when did we make our first mistake? Or like when did we do something that we categorized as a mistake? Right, yeah. And how do we receive messaging in general, like from our families and from the outside world? Like how do we – I can't think of like how we receive that of like that's a mistake. You did something wrong. Well, I mean I, I can even think of like, you know – Delaney is messy. She's a child. She's messy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I am certain that there have been times that Seb and I have been maybe not like, of course, I would never be like, you, you're, you made a mistake. You're ba- bad. But I can always get like, oh, don't, you know, put your Blackberry hands all over the furniture. Like, sure. that's, you know, like, wait, let me wipe them off because they need yeah. to be clean, you know, like course, those types yeah. of things. And that to me is probably reinforcing like, oh, I like, this is a mistake. I can't do Mm -hmm. this. I shouldn't do this thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's also, it's like, yeah, there are things that we do want to teach people. Like, you know, if you hurt someone's feelings, like if you say something mean to them, yeah, that is wrong. And like, it's okay to feel bad about that. Like, that's actually good. (laughs) Like, You should feel remorseful. (laughs) Like when you hurt someone's feelings, especially if it's intentional. So I don't know. Yeah, that's so, it's so tricky to try to figure out what's the right way to get these messages across or to help people understand but not enforce it in a way that's like, yeah, so if you're not perfect, then you're failing. Yeah. I think it's really hard, but I also think that it has a lot to do with the messaging that you did something bad, but you are not bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. I think it's like, to me, the real problem is that we become, we, we, start to operate from this default setting that we're wrong, like we're bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we're always assuming that whatever we're doing is bad or not enough or whatever, instead of assuming that we're coming from a good place and that we made one mistake. And like, Mm -hmm. that's, it's like the default position that needs to switch. Yeah. 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 You know? Yeah. Away from shame and towards guilt. Yes. This is like maybe slightly unrelated, but there's a teacher at my school that does this like certain little speech that I've heard her do multiple times with students when they've been sent up to the office or they come talk to me about something that maybe they said to somebody or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she always like, if she, especially if she brings them up to me, she, before she leaves, she says to the kid, am I mad at you? And they're like, no. She's like, did I bring you up here to help, to help you get the support that you, that you need? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, do I like you any less? And they're like, no. And I just, I'm, I've told her and she said, I told her about like how I felt about it a couple of weeks ago and she started crying. But I was like, oh. I was like, I just want you to know that like, I think it's so powerful that you do that. Like, I think it helps these kids so much that telling them like very directly, like when you do something that like 
you know, maybe hurt somebody's feelings. And like, yeah, we need to talk about that. You need to be held accountable. It's good to learn from it. And this doesn't mean that I don't like you or that yeah. I'm or that I'm angry that you did that. It just means that I like the only reason you're here is because I want you to feel supported and that's it. And I was like, oh, that's so that that feels so right. I'm so happy you're doing that. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Ugh. Well, that was touching. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, do we even need to define self-compassion? Not necessarily. I was listening to um I listened to a, like 10 minutes of a podcast this morning that Kristen Neff was on just so I could like get a little bit familiar with her. And she was saying that like the first step of self-compassion is mindfulness. Interesting. Because you have to be in a place where you can be aware of what you're feeling and not avoiding it or or trying to like suppress your emotions. You have to be willing to see that you are suffering. Yeah. And and yeah. feel your feelings instead of you know, ignoring or walking away from them or whatever, because you can't show yourself compassion if you aren't willing to see that you're struggling. Yeah. I would think too, that you have to be able to hear the thoughts that you're saying to yourself, which I don't totally like not everybody has that skill yet. Totally. Yeah. That you recognize that like, oh, wow, that's not a way that I should talk to myself. Like I'm not being kind to myself. And so she was saying that mindfulness is the first step that you have to recognize it. And then show yourself kindness, like treat yourself, like be a, like step outside of the suffering almost and not in a way that's like disassociating, but step outside of it so that you can look at yourself and look at yourself struggling and say, how can I be a friend to this person? Yeah. How can I support? And then the other piece was like the recognition of common humanity that like no one is perfect and that's okay. Like it's beautiful even. And so getting to a place where you can allow yourself to like make a mistake and be in a stressful situation and not judge that. Yeah. So you actually started to go into what she calls the three elements of self-compassion. So Mm. one is mindfulness versus Mm over-identification. Yeah. And so you mentioned this, but the website literally says at the same time, mindfulness requires that we not be over-identified with thoughts and feelings so that we're caught up and swept away by negative reactivity. Mm. So that's step one. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the second one is common humanity versus isolation. So it's uh, frustration at not having what we want is often accompanied by a sense of isolation. So mm. it's as if you're the only person suffering or making mistakes. Totally. And then she goes on to say that self-compassion involves re- recognizing that suffering and personal inadequacy is part of the shared human experience and something that we all experience. So mm-hmm. it, you're not alone, basically. Yeah. I feel like that piece is really hard for me because it's hard for me to admit to other people that I'm not okay. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I think part of it could be that I that there's like a certain side of myself that I like more, that I want that to be portrayed to other people. Like I want everybody to think I'm doing really good. Mm-hmm. And I think the other part of it is that that feels so vulnerable to me to a point that like it feels physically uncomfortable to like say, hey, here's here's a place where I'm struggling. That that feels really, really hard for me. Like I can think of a couple of times when I've shared 
like big things that have happened in my life or that are happening with my family that like I've almost not had a panic attack, but like when I've been like, I know I need to like tell somebody this and I am so anxious, like my heart is racing and it's just like me like texting. Like it's not even like I'm having to do it face to face or whatever, but like sending that text, like I feel like I'm going to vomit. Yeah, Um, that's hard. And so, yeah, I don't know. Thank God I'm in therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Praise be for therapy. It's crazy too, because it seems like that vulnerability is almost like perfectionism at work because Mm -hmm. you're afraid for people to like see you being imperfect. Yeah, totally. When I think that even goes back to like when I was little and I don't remember like when I started being somebody that hates to cry in front of other people, but even now, like it's extremely difficult for me to show like that type of emotion in front of others because for me, I feel weak when I do that. And so – but that is another p- – like I, that's what came to my mind when you just said that about like, oh, the vulnerability is me like trying to – that's my where my perfection of maybe lives is that it's hard for me to be vulnerable. Yeah. Okay. So for it sounds like for you then maybe the common humanity piece is like a real factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Okay. And then the third one is self-kindness versus self-judgment. Mm-hmm. So this is being understanding toward ourselves when we feel inadequate mm-hmm. instead of criticizing ourselves, which for me is definitely what happens. Like this okay. is my problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Okay. <laughs> Do you feel like you struggle with those two? Oh, yeah, definitely. All right. So should we take the quiz and see where we land? I think let's take it. <laughs> okay. I'm nervous. I am too. I already feel like I'm going to fail. Even though it's not a pass fail. Not- <laughs> to say that's literally not what this is about this is that's maybe the opposite of what this is about (laughs) oh goodness okay so if you want to follow along and take it with us or take it later we'll try to remember to post the link but it's self-compassion.org backslash yeah backslash self-compassion-test backslash backsplash backslash you can say that five times backsplash you can say that five times fast i would be really impressed okay and then it has a likert scale so almost never occasionally about half the time fairly often and almost always so question one i'm disapproving and judgmental about my own flaws and inadequacies i'm gonna say fairly often same all right. When I'm down, I tend to obsess and fixate on everything that's wrong. Almost always. Almost always. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. When things are going badly for me, I see the difficulties as part of life that everyone goes through. Mm, I would say fairly often for this. Okay. I'm going to say about half the time. When I think about my inadequacies, it tends to make me feel more separate and cut off from the rest of the world. I don't think this is something that happens to me, so I'm going to say occasionally. I think I'm going to say about half the time. This one is, I don't know, the wording is a little bit tricky. It makes me feel more separate and cut off, but I think it's because I'm choosing that. Like, I tend to withdraw when I feel this way. Mm-hmm. from others so I don't yeah. have to like say anything <laughs> <laughs> right mm-hmm. 
I try to be loving towards myself when I'm feeling emotional pain. Mm, I'm going to say about half the time. Yeah, I think so too. When I fail at something important to me, I become consumed by feelings of inadequacy. Oh, man. Yeah, fairly often. Yeah, I'm going to go with almost always. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I'm down and out, I remind myself that there are lots of other people in the world feeling like I am. Um, I don't the, – the wording on that one's a little weird to me, too. I'm going to go with occasionally. That's what I'm going to go with, too. When times are really difficult, I tend to be tough on myself. Mm, probably almost always. I think I'm going to go with about half the time. Okay. When something upsets me, I try to keep my emotions in balance. I'm going to say fairly often on that one. I'm going to say almost always. I think that's a people-pleasing tendency. Yeah, it's like, when am I out of control? Never. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking, like, I'm not trying to keep my emotions in balance because that's a healthy thing to do. I'm doing it because I feel like if I have a big emotional reaction, then I don't know, like, it won't be taken as seriously. Mm. Like, that my feelings will be invalidated just because of the reaction. Do you think that is because you're a woman? Probably, yeah. And it's like, oh, she's hysteric. <laughs> Yeah. Is she on her period? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, a quick side note, I started listening to um, – have you ever heard of Dr. Becky Kennedy? Yes. She does the parent parenting stuff, right? Yes. Um, yes. So I started listening to her on Armchair Expert, and then I just got her book, Good Inside. And it's the yep. podcast. I'm not done with it yet, but it's been helping me f- – have more empathy for kids right now because I'm like at a burnout stage in this mm-hmm. part of the year. And so that is helping a lot. But um, she talks about timeout and how when we send a kid to their room, when they have a big emotional reaction, that it is teaching them that this is a part of yourself that people don't want to be around. Mm. And that She's like, and you know, especially like when they're little kids, do you think that they're going up to their room and going like, you know what, I, let me, let me use my, all my tools to like, let me, you know, my, let me do the <laughs> calm down and let me take deep mm-hmm. breaths or whatever. And then they're using their strategies and they're like, you know, instead of having that reaction, like a better thing for me to have done would have been to communicate my feelings. She's like, that's not happening. Like they're not going mm-hmm. up there and going through this because they don't know how. They don't have the skills. But instead you're telling them like this isn't a part of yourself that we're interested in. Um, and so then that's like how people start to like hide parts of themselves. Yeah, that makes total sense. That's very interesting. And then I also sent you an interesting Instagram thing like an hour ago about using the word help with your children. Oh, really? Yes. And you know how people – like with little kids, you're like, oh, do you want to come be mommy's helper? Like, oh, can you come help mom do this? Mm-hmm. Can you come help mom by putting your clothes away or whatever? And that messaging tells the kids that it's mom's responsibility mm-hmm. to take care of the house and you're just helping her. But she was like, instead, I use the word work. Can you come work with me? Because that gives the messaging that it's everybody's job to take care of yeah. the house. And it's it's a team effort. And that's the, where the responsibility lies. It's not mom's job. Mom, mom works for the house, but also the kids should work for the house. And the other parents should work for the house. 
That's something that I think about a lot is like yeah. making sure kids know that they are required to be contributing to the household they live in. Mm-hmm. But it's funny that you sent that to me an hour ago because maybe an hour, hour and a half ago, I was unloading the dishwasher and Delaney pulled out a cutting board. And so I uh-huh. opened the little, it, it was, it's a bottom cabinet. So I opened yeah. it up and I said, can you help me put it in here? And then I, mm. I literally thought like, oh, I shouldn't have said help. So I wonder, sometimes I'm like, these ideas like just float around when you need to hear them, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really funny. Well, and I was like, oh, that's so random that I even came across it because that's not normally the stuff that's on my feed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I feel like Gracie yeah. would think this was interesting. And so I sent it yeah. to you. And Kristen Bell liked it. It must be legit. <laughs> <laughs> that means it's gold. Hmm. Anywho. Okay. When I feel inadequate in some way, I try to remind myself that feelings of inadequacy are shared by most people. I'm not good at this. I don't think about that. I'm j- I think I don't think about other people when I'm upset. Well, that's the humanity part, right? Oh, yeah, I'm not thinking about other people. <laughs> I'm uh, like, what yeah. I mess up? <laughs> right. I'm going to say occasionally. Okay. I'm intolerant and impatient towards those aspects of my personality I don't like. Oh my gosh, almost always. Listening <laughs> <laughs> fairly often. <laughs> oh man. This is a fun quiz. When I'm going through a very hard time, I give myself the caring and tenderness I need. Mm, I would say fairly often. I think the difference here is that I don't always recognize when I'm going through a hard time. Mm, Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm, you know, like the mindfulness takes, piece. It takes a second for me to realize what's happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'm saying about half the time. When I'm feeling down, I tend to feel like most other people are probably happier than I am. Uh, I'm going to say almost never because I think that when I'm feeling down, I go towards denial instead of <laughs> <laughs> anything else. Um, I'm going to say occasionally. I feel like sometimes I, if I'm in a bad place, I like compare myself to other people and I'm like, see, like they're doing great. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's never been something that I experience. I am more likely to try to talk myself into the idea that I am happy. Mm, interesting. Also, I realize I just said like the opposite a couple of questions ago that I don't think about other people, but I'm like, I do think about other people when it allows me to then make myself feel worse. <laughs> <laughs> Only selectively and in the instances that you ought not to be thinking about. <laughs> right. right. But when it could help me realize that we're all humans that, you know, have have flaws and things go wrong, then I ignore that. <laughs> I'm not <That's> interested. <laughs> All right. When something painful happens, I try to take a balanced view of the situation. I'm going to say fairly often. I'm good at seeing both sides of the coin. I'm going to say about half the time. I try to see my feelings as part of the human condition. I'm going to go with half the time. Um, I'm going to say occasionally. When I see aspects of myself that I don't like, I get down on myself. Fairly often. Mm, fairly often. When I feel it's something important to me, I try to keep things in perspective. Uh, I would say about half the time. Yeah, I'm going to say about half the time as well. When I'm really struggling, I tend to feel like other people must be having an easier time of it. I would say about half the time for this one too. I think I'm going to say occasionally. I'm kind to myself when I'm experiencing suffering. Occasionally. Yeah, that sounds right. 
When something upsets me, I get carried away with my feelings. Mm, you say almost never. Same. Let's just ignore those feelings. <laughs> I mean, yes. Yes, let's do that. <laughs> I can be a bit cold-hearted towards myself when I'm experiencing suffering. Hmm. I don't know. What does cold-hearted mean? I feel like that means really mean and just like no compassion whatsoever, like zero compassion. I mean, I don't think that's where I go. Yeah. Let's see. Okay. I'm going to say occasionally. Yeah, me too. When I'm feeling down, I try to approach my feelings with curiosity and openness. <laughs> I would say fairly often for me on that one. Oh, I love that. I'm tolerant of my own flaws and inadequacies. Occasionally. Mm, yeah, occasionally. When something painful happens, I tend to blow the incident out of proportion. Um, I'm going to say almost never. Yeah, same. When I fail at something that's important to me, I tend to feel alone in my failure. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say almost always. Okay, I'm going to say fairly often. Okay, last one. I try to be understanding and patient towards those aspects of my personality I don't like. I'm going to say half the time. Yeah, same. Okay, calculate scores. Okay. Oh, I think I didn't know what this was going to be. Okay, so here's what the test scores interpretation says. Average overall self-compassion scores tend to be around three on the one to five scale. So you can interpret your overall score accordingly. As a rough guide, one to 2.5 for your overall self-compassion score indicates that you are low in self-compassion. 2.5 to 3.5 indicates you are moderate, and 3.5 to 5 means you are high. Remember that higher scores for the self-judgment, isolation, and over-identification subscales indicate less self-compassion, while lower scores on these dimensions are in indicative of more self-compassion. Okay. Yeah, I like that they, because, you know, like, um, self-kindness versus self-judgment was one of them. And I like mm -hmm. that it's not, like, one score. You get a score on self-kindness and a score on self-judgment because it's not really an either-or. It's, like, you can be kind to yourself and also, in some situations, still judge yourself. Yeah, for sure. Okay, what was your overall score? 2.99. Okay, mine was 2.76. What was your lowest score in? My lowest score was both, which is interesting, um, common humanity and isolation were both 2.75. Okay. Common humanity was my lowest. It was a two. <laughs> well, I mean, you kind of guessed that. Yeah. It's like, that's what we uh, thought it was going to be. My self-kindness score was a 2.8, so that's not great either. Yeah, mine was a 2.6. But my self-judgment was a 3.8. Is that good or that's... Maybe not great. That's a, that means it's a no. high score of self-judgment. Right, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's not great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my self-judgment was 3.6. I feel like that area, because so you want the top one to be high and the second one to be low. Okay, yes. So I feel like uh, for me, my common humanity and isolation are the same. My mindfulness was better than my so over-identification, which is good. Same. But my self-kindness was lower than my self-judgment which is yes. not what you want yeah same whoopsie <laughs> 
Okay. Well, now what do we do about it? <laughs> well, I did just click on the button that said <laughs> self-compassion exercises <laughs> to try now. <laughs> yeah, I sure did. Oh, and there's lots of downloadable guided practices. Yeah. How would you treat a friend? You mentioned that. I feel like mm-hmm. that's a good one. Like, am I treating myself the way I would treat a friend in this situation? Mm-hmm. That's one that I do with kids a lot. Like, this is obviously not something I'm good at practicing myself, but I, this is easy for me to practice with, like, if I'm talking to kids and they're doing, engaging in a lot of negative self-talk. That's mm-hmm. like a, a good reframe for them. Okay. I feel like there's probably, like, these are probably really good. Seems like they are. I need to do the one on changing your critical self-talk. I feel like that's what I mm-hmm. mostly struggle with. I agree. And I think there are times when I can practice like thought stopping and can and can change my critical self-talk if I recognize that I'm engaging in it. Or even sometimes I'll be thinking about it. I'm like trash talking myself. And then I'll have the thought of, I know I shouldn't talk to myself like this, but mm. then I also can't stop. I feel like this is a place where journaling does help me because Mm. I can think of a few times when I've like had a bad day and getting the thoughts out on paper allows me to change them. Mm. Yeah, I could see that for sure. I've discovered that I can write myself into a a better mood. Ooh. Do you feel like that's something that you're like intentionally trying to do or just the the practice of getting it out is what puts you in a better mood. I actually think it's both. Um, I think I, I started by just getting it out and that made me feel better. And then I was like, okay, I feel good enough that I can like maybe choose some better thoughts here. Mm -hmm. And then I would just like write down what a better thought would be and like, Mm -hmm. you know, journal on that specifically. And then I would come out being like, great, I feel better. (laughs) That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, and self-compassion journal, that is, one of the exercises that they yeah. recommend. I'll have to check out what the actual exercise is and see mm-hmm. if it works. Yeah, I love that. What What are your thoughts at this juncture on self-compassion? Like, is this something that you're going to be thinking about? Or is it something that you're not really focused on? What do you think? I feel like it's one of those things that I'm not super focused on but it's something that when it comes up for me where I can recognize that I'm not being compassionate towards myself, that it would be a great area of, for me to like focus on at some point mm-hmm. if I feel – when I feel ready. But yeah, I don't know. And even saying that I I know that we are both such out loud processors and I mm-hmm. – all of our recordings like are some form of therapy for me. <laughs> like <laughs> as we start talking about things, I'm like, oh, let me – I just had this thought or this – I'm making this connection that I haven't thought about before. But even just saying this is something that I feel like when I have time or when I'm interested in it, this is something I should focus on, which then my brain was like, wow, you don't value yourself. <laughs> like <laughs> – I, by putting something off like this of like, I want to treat myself better. I want to be kinder to myself that I'm like, eh, maybe one day it's like, oh, <laughs> this is, it's just like a great spotlight of like how I, how I think about myself, right? Like what I, yeah. what I'm valuing my, <laughs> my thoughts at <laughs> obviously very low. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. It's not like you don't want to put pressure on yourself to do it. Cause then you don't want to be beating yourself up no, because so you're like true. not 
you know? A hundred percent. What do you think? I feel like I am, this is something that I'm actively thinking about a, a fair amount. Cause I feel, mm-hmm. I honestly kind of feel like it's my biggest like quote unquote problem at the mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. It's definitely, I went back to the um, quiz just to check out. I, re- I remembered that one of these like really hit me. Um, and it's the, when I'm feeling down, I tend to obsess and fixate on everything that's wrong. And mm-hmm. I think that is a recurring thing for me that I, I've, I've already been working on it, but I, and it's funny because I, I think I talk a lot about gratitude and gratitude is a big part of my life, mm-hmm. but I, I think that I kind of do, do these swings where like, if I'm having a bad day, it's so easy for my mind to just like latch on to everything that I want to be different. Yeah. And I think I almost need to like step back and just like chill. Like it's not, I don't want to like swing from I'm having a bad day. Everything is wrong to like. I'm grateful for everything in my life because I don't know that that's healthy, but yeah. I think it would be good if I could just step back for a second and be like, you know what? It's not the end of the world. I'm just going to take a break. Yeah. And like take a mental break, like turn my brain off. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's something that I'm thinking about a lot. Yeah. I like that. And I do the exact same thing. It's like, yeah, when when one thing goes wrong, then my brain is like, yeah. And you know what else is wrong? everything. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it's also too, uh, too, for me, the growth mindset is, can really get in my way here because I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I feel like I have some bandwidth to like do something, you know, like productive growth, whatever. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think that oftentimes that can turn into me like fixating on a certain thing that I would like to change. Mm-hmm. And that is, da- that's dangerous territory. Yeah, totally. It's hard. It's a fine line. It is. All right. Any last thoughts about compassion, self-compassion, judgment? We just, we need more of it. More more self-compassion, less judgment. And <laughs> you know what? I know that this is not a Ted Lasso quote, but the be curious, not judgmental. And like that whole scene in season one, if you've never watched Ted Lasso, <laughs> I, I can't help you, but you need to, you can, you need to do it. Uh, yeah. When he is throwing the darts. And I, I think about that scene sometimes when I find myself being judgmental. It's like my, my weird version of thought stopping that I start thinking about Ted Lasso. That's kind of amazing, though. I mean, like, what a fun interrupter of your yeah. self-judgment <laughs> thoughts. Just imagining Ted. Mm-hmm. If you have any thoughts about self-compassion or you have certain practices that you do that you found really helpful, please send them our way. You can send us an email at lightheartedpodcast at gmail.com. And be sure to follow along on Instagram at lightheartedpod. Talk to you soon. Bye.